Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I'm pleased to announce I've got a very special guest. Her name's Carol Ann DeSelms. And whereabouts in the USA are you from, Carol Ann? I grew up in Colorado, which is in the, uh, it, it the Rocky Mountain area. And I came to Los Angeles about 30 years ago. Excellent. So all the way from Los Angeles, we've got Carol Ann speaking to us. Welcome, Carol Ann. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Now, in today's episode, Carol Ann is going to be talking about how we can specifically live the good life and what living the good life actually means in the context of relationships. So, Carol Ann, tell us, first of all, um, what, what sort of got you interested in um, doing what you're doing now, and in, in, in particular, in the context of the niche of relationships. Yes. Well, I had I had a toxic relationship with my husband for 16 years. I tried to fix him. He was interested in alcohol, not me. And of course, that didn't that didn't work. That does not make a good relationship at all. So. After after divorcing, I discovered Al-Anon, and I discovered that I made mistakes too. Very surprising. And then after that, as I as I went through understanding myself better and better, I began to understand that other people have problems. They're not bad. I don't think anyone is bad. We have difficulties in learning how to relate to one another. But I think everyone, given the right circumstances, can can learn to have good relationships, no matter who they are. Even I people in prison. I agree. You know, even even those people that are, you know, have been in abusive relationships and are probably identifying either themselves or their partner as being somebody that's um, been the abuser. I think with the right tools and information and awareness, those relationships can be absolutely turned around. Um, and it's just unfortunate that that education isn't out there. Yes, true enough. And I, I discovered that you can't really try to run someone else's life. You can't. Manipulation is not a good thing ever to do. And trying to figure out how I how I can get this guy to pay attention to me is really has nothing to do with making a good relationship at all. I had to learn that I had things to learn. Oh, did I manipulate? Oh my gosh, I did. But I didn't realize that at the time. I was so busy trying to get my my own way. And and so when the breakup occurred, I would I was able to look at it from a different point of view. I remember one time in a meeting, a woman said, in response to something I was saying, she said, I, 
I remember when I I felt so sorry for myself too. And I immediately felt an indignant reaction. How dare she suggest that I might have been on a pity pot? <laughs> but of course, I also realized uh, she's probably right. So, and this, so I continued to do that, and, you, and I continued to have the support of that group until I found a spiritual program, which gave me even more more uh, ability to look at myself and others with compassion. Yeah. And that includes myself. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it, it's most importantly starts with yourself. Isn't that right? Oh, oh, yes. And, you know, uh, sometimes people will say, oh, God, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? But I always tell people, don't, don't call yourself stupid. Look at what it is you would prefer to do. And remember that for a long time, so I was told, could you look in the mirror and say, I love you? I could not. I can today because I realized that I'm as worthy as anyone else. And I think worthiness is one of the things in a difficult relationship. In my case, I thought I was doing everything wrong. So I tried to do new things. But when those didn't work, I began to become more and more resentful. And when you get resentful, you're not able to be, forgive anyone. And you certainly don't make your own behavior a, a better. Uh, you don't make it better if you're, if you're telling yourself how stupid you are and how, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? Yeah, I, th so, yeah. I think a lot of people can resonate with them. Um, beating themselves up with their own stick and, and then wondering yes. why nothing's improving. Yes. <laughs> we have a quote from uh, Einstein that says, you, you cannot solve the problem by using the same thinking that you had when you started the problem. So we don't, you have to look at yourself in a, in a more open way. And that can be hard at, at first. Absolutely. I think it can be very hard because, it's, it, you know, um, unfortunately, we don't know what we don't know. So it's not about looking at yourself and thinking, oh, my God, you know, how, how come I, like you said, been so stupid? Why did I engage in those behaviours? But the reason that you did was because you didn't know any better. You, you weren't given these tools. You didn't have that awareness. So um, don't beat yourself up. Right. You're, you're not alone and you don't need to um, criticise yourself for not knowing you know, we all have yes. to get to a point where we attract the awareness and the knowledge and support that we need to actually do know uh, and then sort of look forward from that, not back and, and you know, through critical eyes. Yes, I, I like to say today, don't get mad or, and don't get sad. Get curious what is going on here and be open to trying something new that's that is that is um, respectful of yourself as well as respectful of the other persons. And you begin to, I began to look at uh, the alcoholic in my life as someone who was unable to love himself, much less anyone else. And he, he because he saw 
things that happen as if they were personal affronts. Mm. And the, uh, they weren't really, but he didn't understand that. So every time, it, when he was a child, his uh, his father died in World War II. And he was in the Navy. And so after his father died, they were sent to, they had to leave the place where uh, Navy veterans families lived. And he took that as a personal affront. When when you look at it, obviously there there were other Navy families waiting for places. And so since her her his father was no longer in the Navy, they couldn't live there anymore. So that that's one example. And and so he was just an enraged human being. And by the way, he did get sober after we split up, which makes me think, you know, let people give them the dignity to do what they need to do for themselves. You don't have to condone behavior that that is unkind and hurtful, but you don't have to live with it either. And so by by leaving that, by stopping that marriage, both of us were given, given a possibility for a new life. And he, he found, this doesn't always happen, but he found sobriety after that was over. And we actually got back together again later on after about seven years. Wow. And is that still the situation now? Are you still together? No, he, uh, he, he died 23 years ago of heart trouble. Now, there was, there was some, uh, I think, some heart problems, physical heart problems in the family. But I, I also see that there was, there was a, a spiritual problem as well. And he even remarked one time, you know, they call alcohol spirits for a reason and he was looking for for spirit but he was looking in the wrong places and later on he was able to discover that but at, at any rate everyone can find something new if they choose to and again we have our choices we have our own choices we can decide to be angry and bitter and be a victim or we can decide Okay, that's done. Now I can move on and feel more like a victor, not a victim. Great stuff. I, I was able to do that. Excellent. So you were together, did you say, for about 16 years, but then you, did you actually get divorced? Yes, we, we divorced. And then uh, he had, uh, he did what he had to do. And finally, after about four or five years later, he found sobriety, and so we would see each other from time to time. We'd go to a movie on, on a Friday, and th then uh, he he decided to come to California, and he would call me, and, and at the time we were in Ohio, he would call and say, how's the weather there? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, I came out here uh, to to spend time with him. And so we lived together for uh, 
about five years before he was he he died of a heart of of a heart attack. So, but because we we tried to make a, a good relationship together, and but much of the past kind of interfered with that. But we did learn a lot. And, and how was it different? You know, the the first, I suppose. Um, early years of your relationship when he was um, in that addictive phase to what it was for you after he became sober? Well, he, he, he was, uh, he was a person you could talk to it then when someone's under the influence of something outside of themselves, like drugs or alcohol, they're not reasonable people. He was being re- he was being reasonable, and because I had had those years of support with other women, I was able to see beyond some of those past things. And of course, the, there are two basic things that we really have to have in order to try something to try to amend things or to find a new relationship is first of all forgiveness starting with yourself forgive yourself for doing things that you can't believe you did forgive yourself for being unkind to yourself as well as to others and and realize it in the case of alcoholism or or drug addiction it's the the drug that runs the relationship when you get that out of there you have a better chance of do trying to discover what it is you care about about the person you begin to see why somebody might make an unkind remark it's not because it's not because they're horrible or you're horrible it's because there's something there that you need to look at that needs to be changed so we so we we had the the drugs out of the picture so that gave us a better opportunity to try to understand one another and develop an, a good relationship wow That's, so if you were sort of speaking to your younger self and in the early years of this relationship what advice do you think you'd give her uh, well, I think I wouldn't have sta- I wouldn't have stayed with him. I I would have. We had a daughter, and I would have left when she was a baby. I'm sure, uh, but then I wouldn't have learned anything about myself. <laughs> so, do you think it could have though inspired him to, um, I suppose, heal his sobriety at an earlier stage? I mean, I'm thinking now probably of. If, if there's any listeners now that are in that situation in the early years of a relationship where they have got a partner that's hooked on some sort of addictive substance, whether that's alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, you know, what, what advice would you give that person? I would tell them to immediately get support. These, and that's not a weakness. That's you're not alone. Other people can learn from you as well, even though, you don't understand what's going on, but as you as you work with someone else who understands this, and it could be 
a therapist. It, it can be groups. And in, in my case, I had a group that I could go to and other women who had healed much further than I had. So we could share with one another. And as they, as I said the things that I needed to say when I said, you know, I promised to help this person and and you're telling me that it's okay to be separated. Uh, they would they would help me understand that, you know, let people build their lives, let them understand them their their own who they are and their own situation. And because we because I was working on myself without this distraction of fixing this other person. We, we're just not here to fix fix other people. We're Isn't here that to, the truth? <laughs> <laughs> we're here to support ourselves and to support others in in their uh, growth as a human being. But we're not here to tell people what to do or no. to scream at them because you don't like what they're they're doing. That. That gets you nowhere. So the first thing is forgiveness, and the second is is gratitude. Gratitude for what you do have, even if it's small. We had we had one day with no argument, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or we had argument that was positive. We learned something about each other. Yeah, or it might even be that you never heard that person you know, say sorry before, you know, and you heard them say it yes. this time or at least show it. Yes, that's right. So as each of you, even, you know, those little things that are having to work on being able to say, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I found that that was uh, difficult to say, I'm sorry, especially if you think you're right. <laughs> I, I, I was quite righteous. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's easy to feel that way, you know, if you're not the the partner in a relationship where, um, you know, you're the one that is taking the alcohol or drugs or, or, or in, you know, impact, I suppose, not, not what's the word, um, affected by these addictions, you can feel as though you're the, the righteous one, if you like, and, and you know, yes. and if you love the person, you, you want to fix them, and of course... You want them to be healthy and, and and off the drugs, but the way to fix that person isn't to, like you say, um, have that in mind. It, it's literally to to leave them to heal and do whatever they need to do for themselves. They have to be able to, and they have to be ready to do it for themselves first and foremost. And they're not going to do it just because you're, you know, waggling your self righteous finger at them and telling them to. <laughs> So true. Yes, that that does that does that simply invites a reaction of the same kind of thing. You know, you you reap what you sow, and I remember I had to use to learn some uh, some sentences so that it, to avoid an argument, I would say, "You could be right." And I just I learned to say that you could be right. And when we, before we got back together, we, uh, talking on the phone, I would say, well, you could be right. And I had that sentence by the phone when I was learning how to do that. Or, wow, that's a great tip. I think you yeah. ought to repeat that because 
that I think, you know, uh, is something would that would really help somebody in the here and now to remember yes. to say. Right. So at, at the stop, at that stops. There's no argument when you say that. How can you argue with? Well, you could be right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have the argument when you say that. Another thing I, uh, another sentence I also had was, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Mm. And uh, I would never get an argument back on that either. I'm sorry you feel that way. So uh, it, that stopped whatever was unpleasant from occurring. And there was just nothing to say then. So you change the subject or go on with, with something else. And it also, so then that also gives you a, a moment for thinking. Hmm. Oh, I could be right. Well, let's see. What was I thinking? <laughs> so uh, those those helped me a great deal. Like you say, even if you don't actually agree with what they're saying, saying you could be right is a great tip for ending a potential conflict situation, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that was, all. I think, probably good for me to realize that, hey, you know, stop being so righteous. Yeah. <laughs> you could be right. <laughs> uh, and what was the other one you said? You could be right. What was the other one, the, the other sentence? Uh, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no comeback for that. So so I, I actually had those written down and carried them around with me so that uh, until I learned to <laughs> say them immediately. And it became, I suppose, a, a good a good habit and behavior to re to um, remember, you know, because you'd practiced it, and to start with, you'd had to have those little reminders. But I suppose after a while, it, like with anything that you practice, it becomes automatic, doesn't it? Yes, it became automatic. So that, and then I could use it in other other situations as well. In at work, uh, if there was someone who was appeared to be unreasonable, and, and instead of getting incensed or uh, or try to uh, acquit myself of something, I could, I could just say that. And that it's also, it, it's a defusing thing as well. It's defusing and then it makes you reflect and reflection time is important too. I agree. And not only for you, but for the other person, because yeah. if you're in a situation where somebody's just said to you, you could be right and they're waiting for you to be defensive or aggressive back so that they can escalate the argument, like you say, it stops them in their tracks, but not only that, it gives them time to reflect on what they've just said. Yes, yes. And uh, being defensive, I think, is it, it, you don't need to do that. I think that causes there's there's the back and forth thing of, well, you uh, that's another thing. You said blah, blah, blah. Bringing up the past is also something that's not helpful. To say, well, you, you said this, and therefore, blah blah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, bring let the past be the past, and uh, move on from there. And so, when when we were trying to build a relationship, we would we would never bring up the past. And if there was a there was usually it's it's a misunderstanding. Often, I notice. So often someone gets so angry. Well, you didn't even call me. Well, the other person 
may not have been thinking that that was the best thing to do. They weren't trying to be hurtful, but they were trying to back off or maybe they had nothing to say or maybe they thought you didn't want to hear from them. So again, our, our perception, trying to, supposing that's what some other person's motive is, is not always a productive line of thinking either. No. We don't, we don't really know. Of course we don't. And we're just making assumptions, aren't we? And yes. uh, those assumptions can lead us down rabbit holes that have nothing to do with what that person's thinking whatsoever. You could, or she could be thinking a million and one other things and what you're assuming. It, it, right. You might be ma- uh, making up a, uh, a a wonderful mystery novel or something, uh, and you're, but you're not finding the truth of, of the situation at all. Sometimes... Sometimes I say we we terrify ourselves with our imagination. Yeah, and and don't we worry about things that are not worth worrying about or that are just in our imaginations ninety nine percent of the time? Yes, right. They, they they never happen. They never will happen. But except in our minds, <laughs> yeah, so that's a good thing to try to be aware of. Am I making this up? Where did? How do I know this? Yeah, and because it's not. It's not to do with you and it's to do with somebody else. You you can't know it. You can't know That's it. right. That's right. And if you, uh, again, if you get defensive about, well, yeah, but he always did that. <laughs> uh, there, there's another word, always. Yes. That people use in arguments. And um, or that never. escalates the argument. Uh, or never. Yes. <laughs> you never help. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, except for last Saturday. and <laughs> Yeah, when they think about it. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how um, I, you know, hear a lot of women quite often refer to things that have happened in the past and always assume then that, you know, there's going to be a repeat pattern and, and make assumptions about their partner based on, you know, the things that they've done in the past, as we all do. But, you yes. know, the thing is, um, you know, I've heard this expression before, you know, it's like when driving, if you keep looking in that rear view mirror and never looking forward, you know, at some point you're going to have a crash. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's a great, that's a uh, great analogy. Yes. And we're not, we don't have to be products of our past. We don't have to hold on to those things. Letting things go is a difficult thing. but. And, and some people think that forgiveness, for example, is is making the uh, the the terrible action okay. It is not. Forgiveness is really about helping yourself. It's, it's for you. The other person may not be around, has no idea that you're forgiving them, and it's not important. What's important is that you see that the other person that that the other person has dignity no matter what they did but the other person is a sacred living human being and when you can say i let this go this this anger is it is inside me i the anger's hurting me not the other person if you if you're trying to uh, make someone pay for what they did. Uh, you're not going to do anything with forgiveness at all. Forgiveness is 
saying that you are okay and that the other person did not understand. And as you continue with not forgiving bad behavior, that's not, bad behavior is not okay, but forgive the individual. The individual is not bad. It's what they did. And you certainly do not have to take that kind of behavior, but you don't have to destroy the other human being either. So you let it go. And that means you're, you're taking care of yourself. You're not giving yourself high blood pressure over your anger. I agree with that because like you said, you know, the only person that hurts by having the anger, by having the resentment is, is you. That's the only person yeah. that's hurting. And it's, you know, at some point with all that stress, if you keep going through those negative emotions, you're going to make yourself ill. It's going to affect your health. So you're not doing yourself yeah. any favor by hanging on to those negative emotions about that person. And by releasing it, like you said, by letting it go and, and having forgiveness for the behavior is or behaviors, then you actually, you know, um, giving you giving yourself your power back. You know, you're liberating yourself. Yes. Uh, and allowing yourself to live a, a healthy future life. Yeah. You, if you hold on to the anger and resentment, it's like you've chained yourself to that past. Those are chains that you're carrying around and they're a burden. You don't need those. And so you do in uh, forgiveness too is forgive yourself for allowing those things to happen to yourself and realize that, now you now you're not doing that and so so you you let that go and you certainly don't try to go back to into a, a toxic place to fix it <laughs> you you also have to let that go we're not fixing other people we're developing and growing in our own way yeah so uh and uh, someone said doing uh being continuing to be angry is like drinking poison and thinking the other person is going to get theirs <laughs> it doesn't work no and i you know i firmly believe regardless of whether you know um people have um or come from a place of um what's the word um whether it whether you're a spiritual person from a religious sense or not, you know, that you don't have to um, be a part of organised religion to be a spiritual person. But I always believe myself, and I'm, I'm not in, in any way involved in any organised religion. This is just me speaking from my own self being and feeling quite spiritual in, in having my own standards, having my own boundaries, having my own moral sets of morals and beliefs and just believing in the power of love over fear that, you know, the universe takes care of things. You don't need to wreak vengeance on anybody. You know, that I believe in that karma. Right. <laughs> right. Again, it, you reap what you sow. And so if you, if you are going around saying bad things about people, people are going to go around saying bad things about you. I mean, that's just, that's, it's physics, even. Mm. Uh, what goes around comes around is another expression that, uh, that people use to show that if you if you want to live a happy life you don't give other people unhappiness because 
if you give something good, you're going to receive good right back. Maybe not from the same person. If you're trying to do something good for a sick human being who can't make reasonable uh, uh, behavior happen, then that person is not able to give good. But the good will come from somewhere else. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And and usually tenfold, you know, what what you've put out there, I believe. You know, so like you say, the person who you've done good for might not reciprocate, but that doesn't matter. You know, the good will come from somewhere else and and multifold. Yes. And I've just found that to be true. And of course, then you're, you're living with yourself better, your relationship with yourself. You can pat yourself on the back. Boy, I really helped that other person today by what I said or a smile at when I'm out shopping or those things can lift a person's spirits and they lift yours as well when, when you uh, do that. But you can't, you can't expect reasonable behavior from an unreasonable person. Just distance yourself. Yeah. And you never know, you know what, you never know what your legacy is going to be. And I learned this as a valuable lesson when I watched um, a clip from Oprah Winfrey who was speaking to her friend, Mary Angelou, about her legacy. And she was going on and on about, she was saying her school that she built in South Africa was going to be her greatest and biggest legacy. And that was what she felt, you know, all her life had been about is, is achieving this legacy of um, building this school. And, and Mary Angelou says, hang on a minute. No, you know, that isn't just your legacy your legacy is every person you've touched, you know, every person who's listened to your show that's been inspired, every young mother who might have otherwise not sought help for a destructive relationship who's now picking up the phone for support. She says, you have no idea what your legacy will be because you just don't know in day-to-day moments who you touch. Yes, so true. It, it really is true. And I I worked with, I, I was a, an academic advisor as well as a teacher, and I, I used these principles that I learned once I rid myself of the toxic situation. Now, situation, you don't have to depend just on situations. You can, you can be untoxic to yourself in a toxic situation if, if you're not able to get out of it, but you need to. You need to distance yourself from people who are toxic in order to develop and grow. At any rate, um, you still, I I lost my train of thought. I was speaking about the Oprah situation, about legacy. Oh, uh, yes. So you, you live with what you give. And if you give something positive to others, regardless of the circumstances, you're going to feel better about yourself. And there are, there are other people who will notice, even though you may not notice who they are. They're noticing when you give smiles to other people, people are happy to see you. If you are happy with yourself, it shows. I agree. And you know what? I always even make an effort, you know, to do the smallest little um, act of kindness so whenever I go to the supermarket, you know, and I notice that somebody's got a name tag because I live in Spain, you know, I'll always um, say buenos dias or buenas tardes or buenas noches. 
and say their name, you know, to the checkout person so that they know that I've noticed who they are. And you know what? It really lights them up. Yes. Yes. I, I, I enjoy being able to do that too, because someone who they're, they're there in the, in that store, they're working eight hours with other people and it's, it's wonderful to think that they were being able to uh, have some smiles and some thank yous during their work time. There, there are probably a few people who might be contentious and unpleasant, but if, if you, if you yourself give something good, you're going to feel good and you're going to make the um, clerk or whoever you're dealing with good as well. I 100% agree. And I think it's such an easy thing that we can all put in place, isn't it? Something like that, just noticing somebody yes. who you're interacting with, what their name is and thanking them or saying good morning, good afternoon or good evening to them. Yes. If you have a harmonious feeling about others and yourself, it's, it goes out like a pebble thrown onto the water. Those Those ripples go out. Your vibration is, uh, you pass it on to other people as well. Excellent. So just love yourself first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is about loving yourself first. So any other tips that you'd like to add, Caroline, about um, living the good life in terms of, as from your own experience, you, you had this toxic relationship with your husband and managed to reconcile that. And even, you know, he managed to get sober and dry and uh, you worked through quite a lot of your previous issues by the sound of things and learned a lot of valuable lessons. So any other advice or tips? I, I, yes, I, I would say and look at your own. What it, what is it that you have? What would you love in your life? Uh, after my husband died, some friends of mine said, Carol Ann, go out, do something. And uh, I love music and I love to dance. And they told me about a line dancing. I didn't have to have a partner. So I went out and did something that I love to do. And, it, and I met someone else. I met someone because I was enjoying what I was doing. I was wrapped up in growing and developing as a human being. And that attracted someone else who was interested in growing and developing as a, as a good human being. So I, uh, so I met someone else. I, I met someone dancing. And although I was only line dancing, it took about a year before I was able even to dance with him because I was in a line of people. And he said he didn't want to uh, ask me to dance in front of all those people and me say no. But, but I think what happened is, what I suggest is ask yourself this question, what would I love? And don't let your, wherever you are right now, stop you from dreaming the dream of who you are and doing what you can to develop that. Because that's, again, loving yourself and realizing that you have a gift to give. I think we, we all have a gift to give. And from my experience, that that experience, that miserable experience, 
gave me a gift. And the gift was I learned to love myself and realize that there are all kinds of conditions and situations you can get into, but you have choices and you can make a choice to love yourself and discover what it is that you can do to make your life. And once you make your life productive and feeling good, that you are giving that to other people. So I think I, sometimes women, you know, we put ourselves last, but I have to take care of the kids. I have to do this. I have to do that. But remember, you have to take care of yourself. And when you get on the airplane, they tell you if if the little um, oxygen masks come down, put yours on first. Because if you don't, you can't help others. So I say, put put on your own oxygen mask, no, no matter what your situation is right now, and know that you have something positive to offer and and work on what would you love. Sometimes it's not easy to get into a situation, to get out of a bad situation. But when you when you consider it's okay, you are worthy and you have something to give do it. Work on that. And it may take time, but when you when you repeat telling yourself, I am okay, I am worthy, and I have this that I would love to do, do it. Even though other people say, you can't do that. No, no, no. If, if it's something that you feel you have that you want to do and that will make your life better, then then do it. Uh, 100%. Not, not out of anger, not out of resentment, but because you are worthy and you have something to give. Fabulous. I love those words. And it doesn't have to be huge, does it? I mean, it's this is about sometimes not, not thinking too big because that could be overwhelming. It's just thinking about what small baby step can I take towards that? Exactly. Like maybe something in today, maybe I can clean out a drawer or fix fix something different for dinner or or um, try some new makeup. I don't know. It, it, it's true. Those little things that make you feel like, yes, I'm okay. Yeah. And, and it's all about, like you say, putting yourself first and knowing that you deserve that. Because if you are not doing the best for you, you can't be the best for anybody outside of your self anyway whether that's your right, children exactly. your partner your work colleagues or whoever exactly yeah so we need to love ourselves and then we can spread the love much more easily yeah and it's it's also recognizing that it isn't selfish to do that it's actually selfless <laughs> yes that's really hard hard to realize that taking care of yourself is not selfish exactly i, I agree <laughs> Well, on that note, Caroline, um, if we've got any listeners that would like to get in touch with you and um, learn more about what you do and your, your, you know, specific area of expertise around all this, um, what, what contact information can you pass on right now? And I'll make sure it, it is all, always the case that I put that in our show notes anyway, but just so that the audience can uh, actually hear what that is straight off the bat. Yes, well, I uh, I am in Los Angeles, but I'm a life mastery 
consultant and um, I study at the Life Master Institute. And my website is my name, Carol com, And that's Carol Ann without an E. Um, that's right. Carol Ann without an E. And then DeSelms, D E S E L M S, dot life, life mastery consultant. Dot com. I think I added an extra dot in there. <laughs> I'm sure if, <laughs> if it's if it's not uh, something that comes up, they can try the alternative. But even so, um, our listeners will get that information anyway within the show notes. So um, rest assured that information <laughs> will come up for you, Caroline. So thank you so much for your insights and wisdom around, you know, what is a very, very... Um, emotive subject really isn't it when you talk about yes. toxic relationships yeah yes and um have a good relationship with with yourself and you'll discover new relationships that are really great and healthy yes yeah healthy relationships yes they are possible <laughs> they are very much so okay well on that note i'm going to end this particular episode thank you so much caroline for your wisdom and insights yet again and uh maybe uh you know we can have you on again talking about another specific issue around having and creating great relationships in the meantime thank you listeners you know what i always say true love starts with opening your hearts thank you until next time (laughs) goodbye thanks lynn Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.